Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Time down, the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. They have reached the top of the mountain. They are the Stanley Cup champs. This is episode number 43 of For Future Considerations. It's the OT, our second episode of the week. Hello, I'm Manny. As always, the guys are here. Manny! Manny! Matt and John are here. Gentlemen. And I use that term loosely. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Right. It's great. We're recording outside again. I know. This is fantastic. There was a, a lawnmower going on earlier. Dog, dog was, was barking. Barking. Yeah. But we're outside again. You can hear the birds chirping. So, PSA, if you hear birds chirping, they're not in your house or in your car or in your ear on the walk, wherever <laughs> you you're listening <laughs> to this podcast. But it's good to be outside. The weather's nice down here in Windsor. How about up there, John? Yeah, it's good. A um, little bit cooler in the last day or two, but uh, yeah, it's been really, really nice. We had snow about a month ago, and now we're into sunshine, so that's good. It's fantastic. Hey, tell me, after we talked about it on the last episode, tell me you guys have started watching Euro 2020. Oh, I did. I had a great nap. <laughs> 65 <laughs> I, minutes. <laughs> I, I watched a match this week, John. This and, and this was riveting. It was one nothing, and the one, one goal nil. was scored against their own team. This is exciting, <laughs> and, and it was the two of the like the better better teams in the division of horrors or whatever it's called. There's there's only one <laughs> one goal scored, and they scored it against themselves. <laughs> the group of death. The group of death. Yes, France and Germany, two heavyweights. Right. Well, that was a heavyweight bout. One wow. one nothing on an own goal. One nil, by the way. One nil. One, one nil. nil. That's right. I didn't know that. But the guy tried to cross it. The defenseman tried to stop it. He unfortunately knocked it into his own net. It was a pretty good match, I thought, actually. You guys have to watch soccer for the chess match. Do you guys not play chess? No. No, I don't. Okay. No. Well, then you guys can't understand. Well, <laughs> you guys will cribbage. never understand. Is it. it anything like cribbage? How are your teams doing, by the way? Turkey, hard fought battle. Tough to open the tournament. They got uh, Italy. Italy beat them 3 0. I thought the Italians were cheating a little bit. Looked like they had a couple of guys that may not have been on the roster at the start of the tournament. I, I don't know. But uh, I got a good feeling uh, about the uh, the Turkish uh, Golden Jets or whatever. Or whatever they're called. <laughs> hey, uh, how's that North Macedonia team there, John? <laughs> well, um, I know there's a bit of controversy. There was a uh, what did um, what did he say? Uh, oh yes, <laughs> uh, apparently some racial remark yes. was said by the Austrian. Oh, yeah, the Austrian player. Yeah, you yeah. Know so what? there you go. My team might be terrible, but uh, <laughs> people are talking about us. <laughs> <laughs> like we mentioned before, we've seen a few Macedonia jerseys around town here. There's a, a cult following in Windsor. I got to tell you. Hey, if you missed 
our I think discussion. A couple of more players, actually. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, if you missed our discussion before about Euro 2020, go back, listen to the last show, episode 42. You can go back and listen to episode 41. We talked some footy on the OT last week as well. Yeah, that was the episode that we also had Tony Ferrari, the Tony Ferrari. The Tony Ferrari. From Dauber Prospects, getting ready for the 2021 NHL Draft. And we'll continue to talk about the NHL Draft leading up to that weekend on July 23rd and 25th. But on this show, we want to talk about broadcasting and baseball. This guy is one of the most popular personalities on the radio in all of Windsor and Essex County. He has been at AM800 since 1994, wearing a variety of hats. And the one he wears now is the co-host of The Morning Drive on AM800. Please welcome to For Future Considerations, Mike K. Cook. Wow. Jeez, what an intro. I thought that was Mason or Ken Calvert or something (laughs) doing that intro. That was pretty good, Manny. I thought he shortchanged you on uh, all of Windsor and Essex County. I thought he was going to include uh, Chatham Kent and, uh, and <laughs> Elgin and uh, all the way up. Macomb I, I County? Thought, uh, I thought he was uh, overly generous, to be honest. but Huge in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi uh, right. as well. <laughs> <laughs> Number one there, too. Oh, um, yeah. Nice area. Listeners all the way to Auckland, New Zealand, ladies and gentlemen. Mike, how you been? All good, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to be here. I listen to your the the pod all the time, and you know, I'm a big You're fan. You're the one, and uh, it it's cool. Yeah, I am the one. Uh, I am the one, John. I am, uh, and so that's why I'm extra thrilled to be here with uh, you know my my for future considerations poster just uh, hanging above. <laughs> it looks good. It yeah, looks great. Yeah, it looks uh, good in the man's room. Which uh, which eight year old did that? <laughs> One of my nephews. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. We'll sign him up. He can be our new graphics. <laughs> yeah, person. we got an intern now. <laughs> well, I, you know what? One more thing before we get into things. Uh, I was, I was, I was listening to. Uh, well, as we record the last episode that you guys did, uh, I think it was back on the tenth or or something like that. And I'm very glad to be here today instead of talking soccer and Montreal Canadiens hockey oh, on this segment of the program. I'm like, North, North Macedonia. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a place. Well, you know, it's funny. My first question, have you been watching Euro soccer? <laughs> Zero. Zero. And for people listening to this one who missed the last one, you might want to go back if you are a fan of uh, the, the Euro soccer thing. You can, you can listen to Manny spew his uh, his knowledge on that, and uh, and John uh, list his uh, n- favorite North North Macedonia, and, and Matt like me have no clue what they're talking about. I, I'm surprised you say that, Mike. I'm surprised you say that, Mike, because aren't the, isn't the morning drive number one in North Macedonia as well? Oh yes, with left-handers, <laughs> all the left-handers in North Macedonia, number one. Tell the tell the advertisers. Oh, <laughs> so we won't talk soccer. We are going to talk. A, we are going to talk a ton of baseball because I'm thrilled to have a Tiger fan on and somebody who knows what they're talking about when it comes to baseball. But we are going to talk about Mike K. Cook, the man, and especially the broadcaster 
who's had an outstanding career and, and one that I've been very fortunate to have uh, known you for quite a while and uh, and worked uh, alongside you a bit and, and against you for a while until you won. Uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> and so talk about the, the broadcasting career a little bit. Uh, how did you get into broadcasting and uh, and how's the ride been so far? Well, it's 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 been a roller coaster, that's for sure. But you know, it, it it all starts back to like when my dad gave me a, and this is like such a typical. I wanted to get into radio. I wanted to get into sports radio in particular back then, and, and you know, you just kind of fall where where you can. But um, you know, my dad gave me a clock radio. It looked like something he had from the nineteen fifties, and I would listen to Tiger games when I go to bed as a kid. And of course, listen to Ernie Harwell, Paul Carey, and I was just fascinated by the by the industry by what they were doing and I love the Tigers so it kind of blended all these different things that I was interested in together and that kind of just you know kind of paved the way to think oh that would be so cool to be a broadcaster like that and um that's where it started and then it kind of just never went away I made you know little radio shows when you're a kid with your tape recorder or your boom box and then you know last year of high school when I was going to Holy Names I sent in a resume to uh to AM 800 and all th- the three other stations that are in the building, and uh, they hired me as a producer. And then Bug People put me on the air, and I was on 89X for a few years. I got my 89X shirt even. This is the last yes. free shirt I received, actually, <laughs> about 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, and then uh, then from there, uh, I always wanted to do talk radio, so then I went over to AM 800 as the uh, on-the-street reporter, and then uh, went on to start hosting the show, and it's been like, oh my god, like seventeen years I've been doing the morning show now with Lisa. Seventeen? Wow! Oh, like when did that happen? Seriously? So, yeah. um, you know, we we've got so where so many places to go, but hosting a morning show. What's your philosophy? What do you try to accomplish when you host a morning show? Seventeen years, <laughs> seventeen years now. Practice that you've gotten it into hosting yeah. that show. Yeah, and, and we've done well over the years, and uh, we continue to do well. And my whole philosophy is, and I think you you guys get this too with 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 your podcast, and you know, Matt, some of the things you've done uh, in radio as well is, is uh, infotainment. You know, uh, we're we're a news talk station, but I think the thing that separates. Um, you know, a, a radio show or whatever show, a podcast, whatever, is that you show personality while you're doing it or you give opinion while you're doing it. Don't just give the facts. I can read the facts somewhere else, especially now. I mean, you guys, you know, you know the broadcast industry. It has changed so much with the Internet and all the sources you can go to. So why am I listening to Mike and Lisa to AM800 to get my information? Well, I, you know. I like how they joke around about this, or I like their their opinions, how they give their opinions on this. So infotainment is the way to go, I think, that you got to separate yourself by being entertaining or opinionated along with giving the facts or the story. And uh, you just mentioned how much the broadcast industry or the news industry, uh, whatever you want to look at it in, in general, has changed over the last number of years, probably even more so in the last you know five or ten years. How have you guys adapted to that? How much has your show changed over the last five or ten years? Or really, because you guys, as, as you said, it's infotainment, it's the local angle um, that, that you guys have always done and always done very well. Have you, have you seen your show change over the last few years because of... You know, the internet and the apps and, and all of that stuff? Oh, yeah, for sure it has. There's a lot more to do now, you know, than there was before you just go in and you do the radio show and then uh, you're pretty much done. But now we do uh, a Facebook Live show every day around 9.30 or 
9.45. Whenever Lisa's done hair and makeup is when we go on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just sitting there. Okay, all right, waiting for it, waiting for the ready comment. Let's go. And, uh, you know, so there's that. There's posting on social media and connecting with uh, with your listeners that way. There's, um, you know, so much more competition now. And the show has changed to, you know, try to reach people on social media. It's also gone in more of a news direction in the last three, four years as well, uh, which has been a big change from where we used to be. We used to keep things very light. And now I think we're, we're, we're hitting a period where we're kind of mixing the two together and uh, it, it seems to work. It seems to get reaction, and it seems uh, like the audience is still there, and hopefully they continue to be there. And we'll see what changes are you know, next for, for broadcasting, for media, and for radio in particular. And then we talk about uh, radio and how it's changed, and then along comes the pandemic. How has your job changed during the pandemic even more? Well, right where I'm sitting right now in my basement is where I'm doing the show and have been since uh, a year ago, April. So broadcasting at home, that was an interesting challenge. But, uh, you know, we got it figured out fairly quickly. And Lisa and I will have a video chat with each other for four hours so we can see each other because that really helps being able to, you know, signal each other or talk during the news or just read facial uh, expressions or body language or whatever that might be and uh so so that has changed big time uh, you know just being the, that i could broadcast from home all the tools are at home that i would have at the radio station and i don't want to go back and i think that <laughs> that might be on the horizon soon in the next few months i never want to go back in that building with the rats and everything else i want to stay here they're, I guarantee you, Mike, they're going to make you wear pants there and everything. It's gonna oh, be, man. It's going to be awful. The Horrible. Rats. Horrible. Yeah. Hey, is there anybody in the world that knows you better than Lisa Williams? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I mean, geez, I was married uh, for like three, four years when I was in my 20s. Uh, so uh, my relationship with Lisa has outlasted that. I've been with <laughs> Kelly now for about 10 years ago. I've been with Lisa longer than that. So... You might be right. I mean, when you spend four hours a day just on air, and then the prep and the meetings and all that stuff, that's a lot of time to spend with someone. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I think she probably knows me pretty well by now. Yeah, and that you know that was always something that that uh, we had we had discussed and, uh, and thought about it. The, the Rock as well when I was uh, co-hosting the morning show there uh, when we were the third favorite personalities uh, in Windsor and Essex <laughs> County. But you know we would be on and we were very radio music focused. So yeah. you know we'd have twenty minute blocks and then we'd talk about the weather and Craig would make fun of me and then we'd play another twenty five minutes of music where you guys are on constantly. Right? It's all it's a whole different game. Yeah, and I would have liked to see you guys because you guys really did have a good show and you had something going there. And I really wish, I think, to go to the next level would have been to scrap the music in the morning. I, I don't get music in the morning on, on on morning shows. I think it just kills the momentum of what people really want to hear. If I want, especially now. I mean, if I want to hear my music, I'll, you know, I'll listen to Spotify. I'll listen to whatever uh, YouTube music, but you know. You saw it with Dave and Chuck. I mean, when they stopped playing music and they just went for it, look what happened. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, all morning shows should just be all talk. And it is a challenge, but, you know, that's uh, that's it's kind of what separates you, right? If you can entertain an audience uh, for four hours or, or really even, and especially in this market where commutes are so, uh, so, so little, like, t- you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 minutes. And then tease them, maybe stay a little longer. Then, then you know you're doing your job, and uh, that's hopefully what we continue to do. And 
You know, I don't even know what, what I was going with this one. I don't even remember the question. Oh, the, no, the no. Uh, <laughs> you, you answered it because because that was going to be. I was going to ask you like, what would you change in radio if you could? Uh, but I think you answered it. So, yeah, that'd what? be a big change. Like, I, I don't get any FM morning show even because they're the ones that play the music and then they come in for like you know what you were saying, Matt, and we, what you guys did for a few minutes, do a bit, and then oh my god, we got to be out by two minutes. The PD says we got to play like ten more songs and then we're back again. I think it, it loses the momentum of the morning show. What has stood out over your twenty-five plus years? in broadcasting so far uh you know it's got to be the technology changes manny like like everything that's happened especially in the last five to ten years that you know the internet and, and not even just you know social media with connecting to your to your listeners but even the way we get the information like manny you remember back in the day you'd, you'd be t- you're printing out all this <laughs> wire copy like that was you know who knows how old the information was? And looking up in phone books, trying to find people to get a hold of. I mean, the Internet has just completely changed the way we do our jobs uh, for the better, I think. You know, it's just easier to, to consume and find information. But I think it also makes us uh, work harder and work more, to be honest, because you're always trying to keep up to date on Twitter mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, in order to keep up to date with whatever story is changing especially like some kind of breaking news story, something that's really hot in the news right now. And outside of work, you're a big sports fan. Is uh, baseball your favorite sport? I'm going to guess because you're wearing a Tigers hat, but it probably is. By far number one. Baseball was uh, was always my first love because my dad uh, got me into the Tigers. I was at game four of uh, the 84 World Series as an eight-year-old when Alan wow. Trammell hit two home runs. I was uh-huh. sitting on the first baseline. It was a cloudy day. I can still remember who would have thought a World Series game during the day, which was during the week, I think it was even, <laughs> against San Diego. Like, like You talk about how much sports has changed in, in the media coverage of it. I remember, like I was talking about this last night. I remember like... You, you would say, like, oh, my God, George Cal and Al Kaline are doing the game tonight. It's on Channel 4 tonight at, like, 7, 7.30. i got to get yeah. my homework done so I can watch it because there's only, like, what would be like 25 games on TV maybe that you would see unless it was the playoffs or unless it was a national broadcast, the, you know, the Saturday afternoon game with Vin Scully and Joe Gargiola. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, baseball was always my first love. I like I, lo- I love all the sports, but n- not, n- not even close. Like, baseball is by far number one. And uh, there, there's something Lisa makes fun of me because she says it's, it's a very boring sport. I don't know what they're doing. Why is it so long? Why don't they just play four innings and have a hot dog and go home? <laughs> now, you mentioned sports was really what drove you to get into the, the broadcast industry, or I guess tying the two together. You know, you're a big baseball fan. Did you get to do any sports broadcasting, or what would be the one thing that you'd love to, to say you did in a sports broadcasting type position? Would it be play well, by play, or, or um, what are you thinking? Yeah, I always wanted to do like a sports talk show host. I listen to a lot of sports radio. The guys over at uh, 97.1, I'd love to be able to do a, a show like that. And I did kind of get to do some play-by-play, and this was really cool. The Tigers, back when Comerica Park first started, Ernie Harwell was still around, and we uh, they wanted to promote their fantasy play-by-play booth. So I got to do one inning. As with Ernie Harwell as my color commentator and do play-by-play for the Tigers Rangers at Comerica Park. This was back like 2001, 2002, and that was such a huge thrill. So how was that experience? Were you nervous as heck or what? I was. 
<laughs> oh my god! I mean, here's like the guy I you know first listened to as a kid, Hall of Famer, baseball legend. I'm sitting next to him <laughs> doing an inning of Tiger baseball, and the worst part though, guys. The recording didn't work. You can barely hear it. It was a cassette recording of it back in the day, and you have to crank it, and mostly you hear the hissing noise. Oh, no. You hear our voices in the background. I'm like, no. No. (laughs) Like, come on. I don't know if there's some kind of technology now where I can figure that out to to get it, you know, clear, but I was like, Rashad, I've done that for people. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into some baseball here, Mike. So okay, we are here basically, we you are, are going to fix Major League Baseball right here. Let us know if there's something we need to get rid of or to improve on or, or whatnot. So first things first, do you like the shift in baseball? I do not like the shift at all because it has completely changed the game. The analytics, you know, you talk about technology and the information they have, you know, and and, and I don't like the shift at all. You saw it. What? Well, Tampa Bay started all this. Yes. They would have been one of the first ones yeah. for sure. Yeah, they would have been one of the first. You know, every team has all the data and all the stats, and you know, it, it it kind of amazes me though that Major League Baseball players can't beat the shift. That's my point. You know, it's like how easy would it be? Just to go the other way, punch it down whatever baseline they're not playing you on, and 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 leg out a double. And like I I I don't understand. Obviously, it must be much tougher than we think. But no, I don't like the shift. And I know they've been talking about it. They've been uh, working on it and doing trials in in one league on, on in the East Coast. I think it is, and to see you know should we get rid of the shift? And I hope they do. I hope I hope it's some rule where you know the third baseman can't go beyond the shortstop or, or something like that where guys are somewhat in position of where they're supposed to be. Yeah, like, I hate the shift, too. Um, but Matt and I have talked about it before on this, and John, for that matter. Like, the way hitters are coming up through the game, they're just hitting the home run ball, right? Nobody's learning to hit into the gap or to spray it all over the field. Yeah, like where, where's the Tony Gwens and, and, and Rod Carews and Wade Boggs and stuff like that? Like, I can't imagine playing the shift against guys like that, right? And you're right, it's all or nothing. Strikeouts are up, batting averages are way down, but home runs continue to be, you know, at, at, at the levels that we've, we've seen the last few years. So why... Why that can't be done, I, I don't know. But, you know, baseball wants to add more action on the field, more base runners, more rallies, not just waiting for the three-run homer. And I, I got to agree with that. And I hope something is done because I think they're going to lose. I'll watch, right? Um, you know, 45 years old, been watching my whole life. Will, will, will people in their teens, you know, continue watching baseball? I, I don't think so. It's too slow. It's too boring. It's too long. they got to speed up the game. they got to add some excitement. they got to get base runners on the field. And at least I think they know that now. And at least they're trying to do something. What do you think of the seven-inning doubleheaders? Hate it. Hate the seven-inning doubleheaders. <laughs> I, I like, you guys think I'm bitter. He's not saying the same I, thing I am. I, 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 Matt, I, I just I, I like bang my head. I'm like, oh, doubleheader baseball, two two games. No, not two games. What was this, Little League? We, we're playing Little League, seven-inning games? Like, come on, seven innings. 
like, give me the full sandwich here. Let, let's go all nine. <laughs> and I know what you're going to ask, but I hate the extra innings rule, too, with a guy starting at second. You know how hard is it to get a guy that? at second? I hate that, with too. Give me my 18-inning game. <laughs> but that's like five hours. You just said the games were too long. Well, you know, I get that, but I don't know. Like, it's like... It's like cheating. It's like, oh, you get a runner on second base. What's you know, right away. So then, then it's like, uh, it's almost like you assume that the road team in the top of the inning is going to score a run. So you know you got to score two in the bottom in order just to, you know, tie the game and if not win it. I do not like those two new rules that came from the pandemic. Really. <laughs> and I love that in order uh, of the questions that we've got for you, what do you think of seven inning doubleheaders? What do you think of the runner starting at second brace? And now, what would you do to shorten the game, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I guess we've got to do something to shorten the game. We're going to speed it up, and I don't like those two rules. Um, you know what? That's a good question. I, I think uh, trying to get guys to stay in the batter's box would, would be one. Speed up, you know, I don't know. Like, they got the pitch clock. Does anybody pay attention to it? No, I don't no. think so. It doesn't seem like it. Like they they got to speed up that you know, and and somehow get get these guys in the batter's box. Like I just think a big poppy, you know, they clap the hands, spit yeah. in the hands, right? Do all that stuff, adjust the uh, batting gloves and stuff like that. Like just get I, in. I there, feel like man. you and Matt Stop are soulmates here because this is exactly what Matt has been saying for the last <laughs> six or eight episodes. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> the whole Matt, time, Matt's Matt's a member of the baseball elite along with me. Yeah, Mike, John, John in his spare time made a jingle about how much I complain about the game, but you and I are saying the same thing here. Yeah, but... Tradition. Okay, okay so Dodgers-Padres earlier in the year, Matt hated the fact that the first game they played went five hours, mm-hmm. but it was a great baseball game. So because it's a, only a one-off, I don't mind that it went five hours. I thought it was riveting drama on television. Yeah. Do I well, still I, think the games are long? Yes, but I would I would sit through that because I love baseball. Especially, and we see a lot of those longer games in games like that where there's two rivals and division rivals, and even it's early in the season they're going for it. You see it, you know, with Red Sox Yankees. You see it in the playoffs a lot, and to me that keeps my attention. You know, I'm with you, man. Like if it's a great matchup, then I'm going to watch all five hours of that and you know that that's the way it is what what can they do to speed up a game like that i don't know because some of the the tension and the excitement is added because guys you know are stepping out of the box or the pitchers are walking around the mound to try to you know get ready for the next hitter or something like that to me i i love it i love the drama but i mean again you go back to the next generation of fans are they gonna watch that yeah, they're trying to rub suntan lotion off their arm and onto the baseball. <laughs> what do you think about foreign substances on baseballs? <laughs> well, you know, you talk about uh, getting less strikeouts, more runners on base. Maybe that's the way you do it. This crackdown on uh, what's the call? What, what's that spider tack or whatever they're calling it? That's one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's one of them. I, and I just think of like uh, Gaylord Perry. And 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 the grease that he used to put in his hair, or guys with uh, 
you know, the uh, the nail file boards in their back pocket and stuff like that. It's going to be really interesting to see the umpires come up for the first time and randomly check some guy. Because uh, I kind of remember that, don't you guys? Like, they, they used to check guys once in a while. I remember one guy, like, trying to throw something out of his back pocket that the umpires wouldn't. <laughs> they saw yeah, him throw it out. Kenny, Kenny Rogers in yeah. the... Uh... <laughs> In the world was it the World Series or the yeah. ALCS the one time? When yeah, he was down game, here? game two of yeah. uh, the World Series against the Cardinals. They no, they, they zoomed in on his uh, left hand and his pitching hand and showed it showed some pine tar. Yeah, I, I don't know how they do it, and I don't know again that they you know they go out there and they find something. He's ejected. Uh, Major League Baseball said they've suspend pitchers ten games for that, which I I've never understood. Here comes my rant for the the time here, but I've never understood the suspensions being the same for pitchers as they are for hitters. Ten games is two starts. That's not a suspension. Yeah. That's that's a break. Yeah. You know, that's that's ten appearances is the way that it should be worded as opposed to ten games. But totally mm. agree. Totally agree. Every time I hear foreign substances, I think of the movie Major League. And <laughs> yeah, Paris. Yes, he had the Vaseline ball yeah, the ball. and yeah. the motor oil. The ball's just dripping in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Charlie Sheen's looking at him like, really? <laughs> and he's like, you will one day too, son. They're, they're yeah, even, you know, it's like the foreign substance thing, the cork bats. It's like they they should they they you know they got to cut down on all that, and I think they have with the the cork bats since like you know the steroid era and all that stuff. But you know now they're focusing on the pitchers, and uh, what what I what I couldn't believe are two things about cracking down on pitchers with the suspension. They still get paid, which I think is wrong. If you're yep. cheating and you get suspended for 10 games, you shouldn't get paid for those 10 games, but I'm sure the union would have something to say about that. Sure. Tony mm-hmm. Clark, the former Tiger, who was the head of the union. And uh, the other thing is uh, that teams can't replace you on the roster. So... Whatever. Say, like, uh, Matt Boyd for the Tigers gets suspended, gone 10 games. They can't bring somebody up from Toledo to replace him. They're going to burn out more arms. You're going to see more injuries because guys are going to have to pitch more innings or you're going to have no bench. You're going to have to bring up another reliever and then lose a bench player. Yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, There is some talk, I think this is the dumbest idea I've ever heard, about moving the pitcher's mound. Would you do that? Commissioner Mike K. Cook? Hmm. Well, it's happened before. Long time ago, they did move the pitching mound back. Um, I don't know what it was, if it was half a foot or a foot, and it went to the 66 inches that we know today. I don't think I would. I think I would crack down uh, on these guys and how much they can curve the ball and make the ball move and cut down on these foreign substances. Let's see if that helps. Because if you're not getting the spin rate and the, 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 the break on the ball that you have been with this whatever you're using, then it's going to be straighter. It's going to be easier to hit. That might be the key to getting more, more guys on base and, and more offense in baseball. And Mikey, what do you think of our Tigers? Are you excited about the next couple of years here? Are you hesitant? Uh, what, uh, what's your thoughts on, on the farm system and, and where they are now? I am not excited about the future, to be honest, and and I'm I'm not excited with the the direction. I think like some of their prospects have been overrated by Al Avila and his staff, the general manager of the Tigers and his staff. I just don't see the position players outside Torkelson, the uh, the first round pick from a few years ago, who just got promoted to Erie a few days ago, 
and uh, Riley Green. Other than that, though, I mean, Mize looks decent. Um, we'll see what Matt Manning uh, has done. And, uh, you know, um, the left-hander. Why can't I think of his name right now? Scruble. Yeah, I mean, he's had his struggles, too. But, you know, we'll see. But I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see the makings of a playoff lineup from, from this crew. And all all Avila has done is sell off and sell low. I mean, what do we get for Justin Verlander out of the Houston trade? A backup catcher, a fourth outfielder, and a guy like who's going to be selling uh, turnips at the back of a truck now because he's got a baseball basically because he's injured. And then you don't trade Fulmer, when and you, you don't trade Boyd, and you, yeah, you could have you know, they could have traded Fulmer to the Cubs. For Baez or to Houston for Bregman, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and you didn't. And you know, say what you will about Dombrowski, and oh well, he had Mike Illich's money, and uh, they just signed this guy and that guy. But he made some shrewd deals in trades, like even little ones. Like I don't even know who they traded for Johnny Peralta, and look how much he contributed to those playoff teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look at the trade that he did right when they like were coming off that horrible uh, 2003 season when they almost set the record and probably should have. The Twins were very nice not to beat them the last five of six <laughs> games or whatever it was. But, you know, to get Carlos Guillen for, like, Ramon Santiago and the other Juan Gonzalez, you know, like, and Guillen turned out to be probably the MVP of uh, some of those teams when they started to ga- gain momentum in 05, 06, 07. You know, the Miguel Cabrera trade. How great was that? You know, and well, it's not great right now, but it sure sure was. You got a Hall of Famer out of it. So I don't think Al is the guy and and I think uh they need to they need to make a decision. I don't know if he has pictures of Chris Illich or what's going on, but Al Al's gotta go. <laughs> yeah, Dombrowski not only got Miggy, but he got Max Scherzer. Right yeah. in the trade. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, and, and you remember how tough that trade would have been because of the fans who loved Curtis Granderson, mm-hmm. and they and they ended up getting back Phil Coke, who was a pretty solid reliever out of the pen for a few years, and Max Scherzer. Like that was a great trade. Like and like just Austin Jackson. Austin Jackson was their center fielder, uh, you know, and then he flips Jackson a few years later and gets David Price. And how do you yeah. not win the World Series when oh, you have Scherzer, God, even, Verlander, Price, Sanchez, <laughs> not to mention Porcello? We have the oh. Blue Jays bullpen. That's what we have. <laughs> well, the, the bullpen, yeah. The likes of uh, which we've never seen. The bullpen was the ultimate failure in all those years. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I still have nightmares of Tory Hunter going over the fence yeah. in, in Fenway and the security guard raising his arms. Luckily, MLB TV only shows that highlight in between innings about six times a game, right, Mike? No, enough. I've seen too many Bryce Harper Grand Slams and too many Tory Hunters flipping over the fence. Uh, There's got to be. I don't know if you guys know that when you watch a a game on MLB, they show the you know your your game will be back in a minute or whatever commercial break in progress, or they show the highlights. Like, why don't they sell ads? I don't understand. Yeah, they should sell they, us. They should. they should. They don't even, like, really, you're looking at about 15 of the same highlights over and over again. Uh, even still, like, they don't even t- go too far. How great would it go back and see Trammell hit two home runs in 84? Why don't you show right. that uh, in between yeah. uh, innings? And you know, you know, some of the lot- great 
we'll see you tomorrow night, the Kirby Puckett home runs and right. things like that. Absolutely. The, I mean, there's so many great moments uh, in baseball history. Or if you want to cater to the you know your favorite team that you're watching or whatever, they know, right? So you're watching the Tiger broadcast, put in Tiger flashbacks or something. Right. Yeah. Be great. Right. Very strange. There must be something, some some rule or something against it. So you're... So we're solving everything. We're solving MLB TV. Mm-hmm. The Tigers are going to fire Alavila, uh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I and think, we're going to get a else new GM. So you know who I think, by the way, is in the. Like, I'm a fan of all four Detroit teams. I think that the closest to to being good, believe it or not, are the Pistons. Yeah. They they do and speaking of the GM, the, I I don't know a ton about him, but I've only seen rave reviews of what that guy's done since he showed up. Oh, absolutely! Like he, he there's nobody left from uh, the the basically the roster that he inherited, mm-hmm. and I, I think they're on the right track. And you know, there's nobody more important than the general manager of a sports franchise, and I, I think uh, the Pistons GM, whoever he is. Forget his name. <laughs> yeah, Troy Weaver. Troy we Weaver. Go. Sorry, is, Troy. I know you're a subscriber to the podcast. We pr- uh, not we, anymore. Come on next uh, next show. Uh, but I, I think he he's finally the guy. So if Tom Goris, the owner of the Pistons, just stays out of the way and doesn't mm-hmm. say like go trade for uh, broken down, uh, you know, superstars yeah. uh, who are way like past Blake their Griffin? prime. <laughs> yeah, such as Blake Griffin, who finally uh, who discovered his his legs again in New Jersey. But you know, I think the Pistons might be on the on the road. And, and oh, do I even say like I have hope for the Lions with their new GM and coach? Ah, uh, they're too new. Just 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 wait a little know. bit. Oh, the honeymoon's don't, not over. What don't you like biting kneecaps? Like, see, I love that. I can't wait for the post game press conferences. <laughs> They're going to be spectacular. They really Win or are. lose, whatever, more than likely lose the Lions. Like those are going to be epic. Like not only here in in Windsor, Detroit, but I think nationally. Like he's already getting all that attention from the biting the kneecaps and wearing the indie race car helmet last week and wanting a pet lion and all that. Stuff. <laughs> so the only team you haven't talked about is the Red Wings and Stevie Y. What do you think? Well, you know, uh, again, going back to the general manager, most important guy uh, in the organization, and I think they got the right guy. I mean, you can just look at his track record with the Olympic team, with uh, with Tampa. You know, I, I think he's the guy. It's taking a little bit longer just to get to respectability than I thought. And, but maybe maybe that's part of the plan. Maybe it's like, let's not go out and make these token signings just to get to 500. You know, we're going to build this the right way, and uh, I think next year they'll, they'll probably show uh, a few a few more things, I hope, anyway. Get a few more wins and, and show that, the you know, the future is bright. But, I mean, can't, don't you have to trust Iserman? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think the cupboard was bare. Like, there might have been some stuff in the cupboard, but it wasn't peanut butter in the cupboard. If the label said peanut butter, it wasn't peanut butter. Like, it's <laughs> the best analogy right? I've like, heard in a long time. Hey, I got we've got these players here. These guys aren't hockey these players. These aren't peanut butter. Yeah, this isn't peanut butter. This ain't <laughs> yeah. chocolate. Yeah, it's like what happened though to the wings? Like you know, I I know that was another one with Ken Holland that you know they would. They would sign a ton of guys, but, you know, it's like, I don't know if he just lost his touch or, or what yeah. happened. Yeah, they would hang in there long enough. 
there. The, I, I still think that playoff streak got in their heads. Uh, they were okay with finishing sixth or seventh and losing in five games and still saying we made it 23. Hey, we made it 25 years in a row. In a row. Throw an octopus. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little concerned, though. We get Mike Kaycook on the show, huge Tiger fan. I'm a huge Tiger fan. <laughs> we go through all the teams in Detroit. It sounds like the Tigers are the furthest away from being any good. <laughs> well, you know what? They might be. They might, they might be. I just thought- Mikey, are, are we ever going to see this in our lifetime? Oh, I, I honestly boys. don't know. I was thinking about this when I was watching the big guy. I was the only one, uh, and as we're recording this, the night before was uh, you know, a tough night for Manny with the uh, the game one of the Vegas uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, uh, series. I was, and I text Manny, I'm like, I'm the only one, I think, in Canada watching the Tigers-Royals right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think back to what we were saying before, like those teams in, in 12 and 13 and 14 were like, I don't know how they can get a better team on paper ever. Uh-huh. Like those teams to me on paper were better than the 84 Tigers. Oh, I totally agree. Absolutely. Like, I, Matt and I talk about this all the time. We should have won two World Series at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, at I mean, least. you're the favorites in 06 against the, a Cardinals team that didn't even have 90 wins. And then, then in uh, uh, 2012... Uh, they were the favorites against the Giants and got swept. Mm-hmm. And then in 13, you know, you're, you're, you know, whatever, how many outs away? Where were they? Like five, four outs, four three outs, outs away yeah. from four outs. from going up 2-0 and coming home and, and the Grand Slam. <laughs> Benoit, yeah. Ortiz, Torrey so, Hunter, security guy. Oh, yeah. The one, the one thing that I will say about the Tigers' rebuild is I don't mind them. They've targeted pitching, right? As long as you get the right guys, like they they've gone after Burroughs, who doesn't look like much of a player yet. Went after he Manning. makes himself sick when he's pitching. <laughs> right. They went after Manning, so you know there's still a lot of hope for him. They went after Scruble. They went after Mize. Now that they have those guys, now they're starting to go after Torque, and they're mm-hmm. starting to go after Riley Green because the other position players they got, they weren't first rounders. Yeah, right, and they haven't panned out. Ultimately, for for me, end of the day, is I always knew that uh, as a Tiger fan that Mike Illich was going to spend if he had to, and I just I do not believe that Chris will, and I think that it's I don't think it's possible to develop an entire championship team out of the draft or the Rule Five with Akil Badu or whatever. Like at some point, you've got to spend money, and I don't think they have any interest in doing it. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it. Now, the only thing I'll say about that is the fact that I think I had a little hope um, back last off season when they signed AJ Hinch. I, one, you probably had to pay a little bit for him, and two, I don't think he would have come here regardless of how many options he did or didn't have if he didn't get assurances that this roster and the and this and the. Uh, the salaries, uh, salaries on the team, the payroll, I should say, w- would increase in the next few years. That's the only thing that gives me a little bit of hope. But uh, but the guy spending the money is Al Avila. So <laughs> I'd rather have his son be the GM. <laughs> oh, man. Mike, Mike, this has been great. Uh, we appreciate the time. Um, listen, I, we know you love radio. We obviously know you love sports, too. But uh, just as we do, I know you love dogs. So 
Uh, I know you're involved with Gold and Rescue. Tell us about that. Yeah, th- thanks for the opportunity, uh, Manny. And I, and I have uh, my dog. She was down here, Lulu, who's named after Lou Whitaker. And we lost Tram a year ago, March, uh, named uh, obviously after Alan Trammell. We also had two Goldens uh, as well, Georgia Murphy, that we lost in the last few years. And we continue, though. Uh, Kelly is on the, uh, the board and uh, part of the uh, team at Golden Rescue big time and has for years. And they're uh, a great rescue group. Uh, and if you're looking for, to uh, either foster or uh, give a forever home to a Golden Retriever, then uh, go to goldenrescue.ca. You can donate. You can see uh, some of the dogs that are available. It is just a great organization, nonprofit. Nobody is paid in the entire organization, just all on fundraising. And goldenrescue.ca. And, uh, you know, we're bringing in uh, coming up this weekend is uh, 40 dogs from from turkey or egypt or one of those because they're like all on the street there like people just can't afford them. they let them go they live on the street so volunteers there get them together put them in crates get them on an airplane fly them to toronto well and they meet their forever families it's it, thanks wow. man i appreciate wow. that goldenrescue.ca that's, that's great awesome story that's great yeah and uh maybe some of them can play soccer so um, well, yeah, <laughs> Matt. Matt, the only thing we know about soccer: every game ends one nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw a two one blowout already this year. I thought the soccer's <laughs> soccer's going the way of the dog. The two one. Oh, check check their legs for foreign substances. <laughs> you know what they should do is make the nets bigger. That'll help. Oh yeah. By the way, boys, <laughs> it's not one nothing. It's one nil. Oh nil. Nil uh. in soccer. Get it right. What do they call it the beautiful boring game? What yeah. <laughs> uh, K Cook, you're the man. We'll have to have you back. Oh, uh, anytime. This was a blast to get to talk sports with you guys. And again, I love the podcast. You guys do an awesome, awesome job uh, whenever you, uh, you, you put out the shows. And uh, love listening and uh, keep up the great work. Our thanks again to Mike K. Cook, one half of the morning drive on AM 800, and as you can tell, a diehard Detroit Tigers and a baseball fan. Yeah, even though he has no faith in the Tigers and (laughs) (laughs) has us doomed to our deaths, it's nice to have a little Tiger fan on there. Yeah, we'll have to get him on again, hopefully before uh, not to... uh not too distant into the future we can talk about the tigers being good actually Uh uh-huh would be nice yeah and don't forget if you missed our debate show earlier this week go back and have a listen and let you know what you uh, think about our opinions and share your opinions we definitely want to hear from you yeah and if you disagree with john which happens fair amount (laughs) just like we did there uh, send us an email at for future considerations at gmail.com reminder he hates the tragically hip and let us know (laughs) what else you want to hear on the show (laughs) You can follow us on social media, too. Feel free to post disagreements with John on social media at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook at For Future Considerations. They're lovely people. I just don't enjoy their music. That's all. Anyway, we want to thank our sponsors. Yes, uh, the Tragically Hip uh, for being a sponsor, (laughs) as well as uh, London Awnings with uh, Christina and Dennis, quality that shows. And uh, Shane Topolovic, the Shaniac of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. 
Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.